Good morning again. Welcome to uh, a series we're calling, guess what? Born. We're looking at significant births in Scripture. And we're leading up to significant birth in Scripture, which is the birth of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that on December the 24th at our Christmas Eve service. But did you know there's a lot of births and the situations around them recorded in Scripture? And what we started last week and what we'll do for the next couple of weeks is just open up God's Word and See how those births speak to us today and see how we can apply what they learn and from their circumstances into our lives to help us live the life we're meant to live. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now, going up the aisles. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. Uh, We give these out every week at LifePoint. We believe the words in there are true. Everybody should have one in their hands. And you can learn about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ through the words in that book. So please take one and read along as I read from Scripture today, or you can follow along on the screen as well. There's an index in the front that tells you what page to go to uh, when I call out uh, the book. But we're looking at significant births in Scripture because, you know, a birth, just think about it. When, when, When a baby is born, there's always a story to go behind it. Nobody goes, where'd you get that? Oh, that's a baby we had. Nobody says that. Everybody's got a story behind it. No, nobody just says, that's oh, just our baby. Yeah, you know, thought we'd have one in the family. Everybody's got some kind of a story. And if we went person by person, parent by parent, and said, tell us about when your children were born, you would have a story. You would have a story of praying and, and saying, God, please give us a child. And, and you would have a story of, maybe your story is, God, please let our child be healthy or God, please, please give us a child to adopt. And God provided you a child through, through adoption. There's stories behind every birth. And even in, in my family, our, our two girls, our oldest, there's a huge story that goes with her birth. Our youngest, there's a big story that goes with her birth. And we've all got those stories that go around our births. And that's what we're talking about over the next few weeks, our stories from Scripture about births that were recorded. And people who, who might have seemed very ordinary, but made an extraordinary difference in the world. People, the stories we'll look at in Scripture are people just like us. People who were born just like we are, and God worked in those people's lives to help them do something extraordinary. The same thing He'll do for us today. Anybody ever heard of the the guy in the Old Testament named Moses? Anybody? All right. Moses is a guy in the Old Testament. He was a powerful leader. Moses stood before the people of, 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 stood before the leader of Egypt and said, let my people go. Because Moses' people had been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And he goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. And, And through God putting plagues on the, the Egyptian leaders and the Egyptian people. Finally, the Egyptian leader says, okay, I'll let him go. And Moses is the guy that led them out, uh, out of bondage into freedom. He's the guy that, if you've ever heard the story about the burning bush and God speaking to someone, that was Moses. And God spoke to him in that burning bush. Moses is the guy that went up on the mountain and got the Ten Commandments and and, and heard God's voice literally and watched God etch those in tablets of stone. Moses is the guy who penned the first five books of the Old Testament. Moses was a powerful leader 
And he led God's people during all their time in the desert. And he appointed a new leader named Joshua. And then Joshua led God's people into the promised land. But there's a part of Moses' story maybe you don't know. If you didn't grow up listening to Bible stories and, and knowing what, what all those characters did. The, the part that surrounds Moses' birth, you would have never thought, this guy's going to grow up to be one of the most powerful leaders in Scripture. Watch the screen and listen as we have read to us the story of the birth of Moses. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered, and the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. One day. So that's a story of how Moses was born in a political climate that here's the part of the story that that you didn't hear is is that Pharaoh had decided that he was going to kill all the Hebrew baby boys because he saw them growing in number and he was a smart guy and realized well there's going to be more of them than more than us in another generation so if I just kill off an entire generation then I don't have to worry about an army organizing and throwing me out of power. It was a big power struggle. And Pharaoh did not want the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, the Israelite nation, he didn't want them to have power over him. So he took matters into his own hands and said, I will just kill all of them. So Moses was born in this very hostile political environment where baby boys were being killed. And his mother decided that not my baby boy, I'm going to do something about it. So she made the basket. She put him in the water and she released control and just pushed him out into the water. Could you imagine a mother doing that? Just letting him go. Now she could have tried to control the situation in another way, hide the baby, do something else and, you know, or run or or go out into the desert or whatever to get away. But, But she chose... To completely put that baby into God's care. And we know the rest of the story and what happened. But she released control to God. She totally gave over control to God. 
That's another way of saying faith. She had faith. She had the faith to put her baby in a basket and trust God for the outcome. And that's what faith is. It's us humans trusting God, our creator, for the outcome. And that's a difficult thing for a lot of people. You you might have walked in here today with something very unknown about the future, not knowing what you're going to do. And my advice would be trust God for the outcome, which is the same thing as saying have faith. We can learn a lot about faith from this birth story. See, having faith, I'm just going to tell you a few things about faith. You might want to write these down. Having faith means giving up control. That's what it means. You, You can't be a controller and live a life of faith. Those don't coexist. In fact, those are opposites. Control is the opposite of faith. Taking a step out, not knowing what the next step is going to be. That's what she did. She took this step with her child. She didn't know what the outcome was going to be. She didn't know. She had no way of knowing that he was going to come right back to her. And she was going to get paid for it. Don't get any ideas, ladies. I mean, she was, she was going to let the baby go. And then comes right back into her house and she gets paid for it. I mean, and God rewarded her faith and her boy still came back to her. What if she had wanted to control every part of the situation? It wouldn't have happened that way. Maybe this would not have, Moses maybe not have, would have been the guy who led the Hebrew people out of slavery. Faith means giving up control. By her willingness to take a step and give control over to God, it led to an outcome that only God could provide. Only God could do something like that. Only God could orchestrate those events to happen the way they did. Had she known that it was, he was just going to go down and come right back to her, that would have been an easy decision, wouldn't it? Oh, you're just going to do that? He's going to be right back and we get paid for it? Good deal. Okay, hit the water, kid. You know, it would have been easy. But it, she didn't know. She didn't know, is he going to get caught in the current? Is he going to die? Is he going to drown? Are they going to find him and kill him somewhere else? She had no idea. She gave up control. And giving up control of the future in our lives can bring peace like we've never had before. I mean, it's stressful to try to control the future, isn't it? I've tried. Have you tried it? Have you tried it? Raise your hand. We've all tried to control the future. That can get really stressful fast. Anybody know a controller? You don't have to raise your hands for that one. Anybody live with a controller? Please don't raise your hand for that one, but... We all know somebody that they they just want to control every little thing. And there's a lot of stress that comes from trying to control a future that you can't even see. See, it's easy to look into the past and say, well, that's why that happened in my life. And that's why that happened. And you can look back there and you can see that's why I met that person. Or that's why that relationship ended. Or that's why. Look, look at what God did with that job loss. Or whatever, that ha- whatever it was that happened. And you can connect the dots to get you right where you are today. That's easy. That's not stressful. But when we turn around and try to look into the future. And connect the dots. And control what's going to happen. All of a sudden our life is going to be more stressful. We're going to lose 
peace that we could have because we try to control the future. And a little bit of faith can take care of a controlling attitude and a controlling spirit. Here's a question you have to ask yourself. What is not happening in my life today because I didn't step out on faith earlier in life? I I can list things that aren't happening in my life today because either I waited or I was trying to control things or make it happen my way and it just didn't happen and, and there are things that didn't happen because of that. So there are things that I may not be getting to enjoy right now because earlier in life I chose not to step out on faith. What are those things in your life? And you might think, well, I don't, I, don't like being, I don't like the uncertainty. Faith seems uncertain. Well, there is a certain amount of uncertainty in faith. There's uncertainty in life. I mean, and sometimes it's exciting. I like some, sometimes, I like not knowing what's coming next. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's like a plot twist in a movie when you don't know when you're going to jump out of your seat or be scared. Or Life can be like that too. And the more we embrace that, Unless we try to control in the future, the less that uncertainty is going to stress us out and make us worry. Faith embraces uncertainty. I mean, there's no way she was certain that this baby was going to be found. There's no way. There's no way she was certain how it was all going to play out. But her faith allowed her to face the uncertain things in life and totally give control over to God. So if we're going to have faith, it's got to be had with some uncertainty. Now, for some of you, when I start talking about faith and pushing babies out into water and just giving up control to God, you're like, what is he talking about? You're just coming, maybe kicking the tires, trying to figure out what church is, what this thing with Jesus Christ is, and, and if this is the place for you, or if following Christ is the place for you. And, and, and I start talking about faith and, and taking steps and making sure you don't control and being uncertain, and you're like, what in the world? I'm not getting what you're saying. That's because Faith is difficult to understand if you don't have it. It's hard for me to explain to you this is what faith feels like. There's a part of faith that you will only understand it when you experience it. Not because somebody explains it to you. Not because you witness it in somebody else's life. But when you experience faith, then you'll be able to understand it in a way you couldn't otherwise. I mean, who has had faith at a time when you, now you can look back and say, I had so much faith in that, and look what God did with that. We probably, all of us who follow Christ, have had a time in our life where we can say, that was faith that got me through that. See, faith doesn't guarantee that everything's going to go my way or smoothly or the way I want it to go, but faith does guarantee that I will have the strength to deal with anything in life that comes my way. It will. So, saying I have faith doesn't mean... I'm going to get everything I want. It means I'm going to have strength and courage and be able to do what Moses' mother did. She didn't want to put her baby in a basket and let him float out in the river. I'm sure she didn't desire that. But God gave her the strength to release control and deal with what life threw her way. Faith appears irresponsible to people who don't have it. If you don't have faith, you might be thinking, well, it seems kind of silly not to get everything all orchestrated for the future and just to say, well, I'm just going to trust God for the outcome or God's going to provide. 
those may seem like foreign words to you. Those may seem irresponsible to you. The Bible says that people who, who don't have the Spirit of God, who don't have the Spirit of Christ, who have not yet taken that step and accepted Him, can't understand faith. It says it in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. It says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So there's a level of understanding that, that people who don't follow Christ will never have. They can say faith. But if you're one of those people who have yet to take that step across the line and say, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life, and I want God's Spirit to live inside me. If you've never done that, there's a level of understanding about faith that you won't be able to have because it's only discerned by the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God living in me helps me understand and accept the things that life throws my way. So that, that's why it's so important and why you hear us say we want to connect people with God. Because when somebody's connected with God, life is going to go in a way it wouldn't have gone otherwise. And they're going to understand things they wouldn't have understood. And if you haven't experienced it, it's like, gosh, that seems kind of weird, kind of, ooh, you know, strange that you're just going to understand things now because you have the Spirit of God. That's what the Bible says. And that's what I believe is true. Faith brings assurance. So this faith that might look like foolishness to some people brings assurance to people who have it. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And then all the rest of Hebrews 11 goes through and the the writer talks about all of these great heroes of faith. These people who exercised their faith and looked foolish to the world, but they were faithful. People that you've probably heard of, like, like Noah, the guy that built the big boat. He built a big boat before it ever rained. Did you know that? He built a big boat in the middle of the desert. There was no water around. And he did it because God asked him to do it. He did it because he had faith. And here it is thousands of years later, the writer of Hebrews says, now this guy Noah, he has some faith. Then they talk about this other guy in the Old Testament. His name was Abraham. And God told Abraham, look, you need to leave your home country. And you need to go where I'm going to tell you to go. And the Bible just says he got up and went, not knowing where he was going. Now, some people would call that foolishness. Faith caused that obedience to what God asked us to do. So faith doesn't always make sense to people, but read Hebrews 11. Oh, it's just so great. All the things about faith and about how just listening to God, you can learn a lot from that chapter. I wish I had time to read through it. But we'll never have all the answers. We end up in life, we want to have all the answers, don't we? We want to know. I want to know what's coming up. I want to know how this is going to work. I want to figure it all out, right? If I can't, I'll just Google it, right? You know, just Google it and I'll figure it out. I even teach you how to spell now, you know? Just Google it and so, did you mean this? Yeah, that's what I meant to say, of course. You, Even Google's not going to give you all the answers. But people still go through life stressed out because they're trying to plan out a future and control a future that they can't even see. You can can have assurance about the future, but it's not going to come from you controlling it. 
It's going to come from having faith. Just letting go and giving God the control and embracing uncertainty. And when you do that, amazing things will start to happen in your life. It will. Every time I've done that in my life, I've got a story to tell you. And I put them in messages as much as I can. But every time, every single time I've released control and said, Okay, God, I'm not getting this, but I know you're going to give me the strength. Every time I've got a story to tell from it. And you can too. If you just have that faith to release control. Whether it's a relationship or health or whatever it is in your life that you just need to say, God, I can't control this anymore. But you can. And you can give me the strength to deal with it. See, sooner or later, anybody, so you do know controllers, right? I saw some hands go up, and some, some people actually live with controllers. And, you know, sooner or later, you're, you're going to have to release control. Sooner, sooner or later, if you control your kids, guess what? They grow up, and then they move out of the house, and you don't have control over them anymore. So you have to release control. You're going to go to the doctor someday, and he's either going to say, you've got something You've developed something. You're so old, I don't see how you can make it another day. Something is going to happen, and you're not going to have control. Because if you haven't noticed, these bodies are designed to wear out. Right? Have anybody, anybody felt that? Man, I feel it sometimes. I mean, they're designed to wear out. Doesn't that make you encourage, doesn't that encourage you? Get you ready for the day? Yeah, we're wearing out. Let's go have some fun. Sooner or later, you will not be able to control the future. If you're trying to do that now, eventually... Somebody's going to let you go. The stock market's going to tank. You're going to lose money. Something's going to happen, and you are going to be left out of control. So why not do it now? Just release and give God control of your life. He'll give you the strength to handle anything that comes your way, and you don't have to worry about planning out everything in the future. Now, there's a place for planning. You're probably thinking, well, you just not plan. Well, of course you have to plan. You have to, I mean, what you see here today that happened, all this stuff on the stage, it happened because we planned and we made sure things were put together. Next week will happen because we planned. But here's the deal with planning. Make plans, but use a pencil and have a big eraser on it. Be flexible. Be ready to erase your plans for God's plans at any time. Any of the plans that we make, as a church, any plans I make, they're always done with, okay, here's the plan, but there's got to be some flexibility in here because this is the plan I'm coming up with. I believe it's what God wants, but you know, God can speak at any time because, well, he's God and he can do anything he wants to do and he can mess up my plan if he wants. So I've, I, I, I'm not joking. I've got an eraser that's that long. I'm, I'm not kidding. I ordered it from greatbigstuff.com and it's that long. And I have it. I have it. I, I should have brought it. I have it in my top file drawer. And it's just a reminder. Sometimes I've got to erase my plans. And I've got to go with God's. It may not make sense. It may not make sense to anybody around me. But my plans never trump God's plans. Ever. So make plans. Plan for your future. Have fun doing it. But make sure you've got flexibility in there. Make sure you have an eraser. Do, do you think... Do you think Moses' mother planned to do that with her baby boy? Do you think she planned to risk his life by putting him in the basket and pushing him out into the Nile? It wasn't her plan. But when she saw, hey, I, I can't control this. I've just got to release him and let this go and let God have it. 
There's a fine line between planning and controlling. See, God's plans are always better than our plans. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So no matter what detours might come in life, it doesn't matter. Whatever they are, no matter what uncertainties I have to face, I have to know that God provides for me a better plan than I could ever provide for myself. I mean, if, if you're one of those real controlling people, the rest of us normal people have something to say to you, okay? We, just lighten up a little. Just lighten up and enjoy life a little bit. I mean, d- don't try to script and plan out and control every single thing. D- do you have people in your life that you'd like to say lighten up to? Do you? you? You can nod your head right. Of course. There's people I can think of right now, and I say it. You need to lighten up a little bit. Or I'll just mess with them, you know, just be spontaneous and just totally freaks people out. This summer, here's something my family and I did this summer. Hadn't done this in years. Had two straight weeks to go on vacation, 14 days. And we had the first night booked, and that was it. I had no idea where we were going and just went. It ended up about 1,200 miles from home. And, and, and you're probably thinking, did your wife enjoy that? <laughs> she did. She did. Just cut loose be spontaneous. Don't try to control every little thing. I know for some of you that would be like the most painful thing in the world not to have every day planned out, right? Would that be painful for some of you to do that just the way God wired you up? But just sometimes just cut loose and, and just go just go with it. And don't try to control every little thing. For those of you who try to control all the people around you, and you try to control everything in your life, and you're trying to control every little step into the future, how's that working for you? How's it work? I mean, do you have more peace? Are the people around you better off because you're a controller? Just ask your family, hey, are we better off because I'm such a controller and a control freak? Because if it's working, don't let me mess it up here in the last 20 minutes, if that kind of life is working for you. But I bet if you start to ask the people around you, they're going to say, yeah, I would like for you to kind of pull that back a couple notches on the control and the, and, and the making sure everything's all planned out perfectly for the future and not being flexible. God wants our lives to make a difference. And he really does have a plan for our lives to make a difference. And when our plans are so rigid that we're trying to control and we don't have any flexibility in our plans, God can't work. He's not going to force himself into our lives. So make plans, be flexible, and don't try to control a future that you can't see. That's what we learned from this birth of Moses, a mother that erased her plans and went with faith instead. And, he be, and her son became a world-changing leader because of it. Here's another question that you need to ask yourself. What won't happen in the future because I won't step out on faith now? What won't happen? What won't happen because I won't give somebody another chance? Because I, I refuse to trust again? What won't happen because I won't take the job? Because I can't figure out what comes next and figure out what comes after that and, and get control of it? What won't happen because I will not just totally 
just release control and maybe start the business, fix the relationship, go to counseling, whatever it is. What won't happen because I won't give it one more try? What won't happen because I I won't get in a small group? What won't happen because I won't be generous with my resources? What won't happen because I won't take that step across the line and say, yes, I believe this message of Christ. I don't know everything about it. I don't understand everything about the Bible. But but what won't happen in your life because you won't take the step of faith now? Hebrews 11 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So the question really is, what what needs to go in your basket? Moses' mother put him in the basket and released control. What is it in your life that you need to put in the basket today and release control and no longer try to control the future and give control over to God and really step out on faith? There's something in all of our lives And maybe multiple things in some of our lives. We just need to release control. Proverbs 3, beginning at verse 5, says probably the best in all of Scripture how we need to interact with God when it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Trust and faith. It's the same thing. You can have it if you just put what you need to put in the basket and release control. That's what we learned from this birth of Moses and how God took regular people who were just dealing with stressful times and did something extraordinary with them. And he can do the same with you if you're just yielded to giving him control of the future and stepping out on faith. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this story of of a birth. Just a regular family like we are, and yet you worked through their steps of faith to help them change the world. God, help us put what we need to put in that basket and stop trying to control. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.